hello, hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Closing Track. My name is Brady Cairns, and if you're unaware what this show is about, The Closing Track is a podcast where I go through an artist's entire discography, but only judge it based on the last track of each individual album. Uh, This week, I'm going to be talking about Perfume Genius, which is the alias of singer, uh, musician, and multi-instrumentalist Mike Hadrius. Um, But before I get into that, just a couple of quick uh, housekeeping stuff. So last week's episode was on Rainbow Kitten Surprise. If you had a chance to check that out, you know, great. Thank you for uh, checking it out. Um, I'm working on the current slate of upcoming episodes, but today this episode is going to be one of several that I'm going to be uh, kind of bulk recording in one day because I'm about to go away for a little over a week, so I wanted to have some stuff to come out. So so certain segments like, um, for example, the uh, what are you listening to, which I, you know, I try to do weekly what I what I happen to be listening to will be a little bit different because it would kind of be the same since I'm, I'm recording it all in the in the one day um, also stick around for after I mean I, I hope that no matter what if you're listening you stick around till the end but stick around until after you know the segment where I talk about all the perfume geniuses music because I'm going to be talking about um, a new like extension of this show, which it'll still be within the show, but like more episodes that are going to be coming out. I guess you could call them bonus episodes that will be out like a day after when the u- the usual show goes up on Friday. So it would be coming out on Saturdays and I'll be recording one of those today and maybe another one soon, but just be, you know, on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, I think that's mostly it for, for quick housekeeping stuff. Um, I wanted to talk about perfume genius because I've been uh, listening to him a lot recently. Um, I think I talked about him on the very first episode on, uh, the, uh, the Brockhampton episode, because in that one, that was kind of my, my big dump of what I was listening to, where I kind of just threw all the stuff I listened to. And I think like May and June, all the new, uh, albums that I, I, I listened to. And I, I believe set my heart on fire immediately. His brand new album I threw in there. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of want to, let's just jump right into this. Uh, so, you know, I'm already pretty much talking about him, but set my heart on fire immediately was his, his new album. And, uh, it was also my introduction to him as an artist. It, the album had got quite a bit of buzz. I, I had kind of been seeing it around everywhere. I think, uh, you know, I'm an avid, uh, Anthony Fantano, uh, watcher and I'm pretty sure he reviewed, or maybe I even saw it before he put out his review of it. I don't know, but it, it pushed me to uh, check him out. Now, uh, Perfume Genius is the, like I said, the stage name of Mike Hadrius. And his music is, um, I guess it's kind of like, it's a little indie poppy. Sometimes it's a little folky, uh, but it's mainly very heavy on his voice, which is very distinct. Uh, him as a, as a vocalist is very unique compared to a lot of other stuff I've heard, but then there's a lot of, a lot of piano as well. Um, his, his music is, uh, you know, it, co- it covers a broad range of topics, but I think that the most um, consistent, I guess, genre all throughout his music, and not musical genre, but like in terms of concepts he discusses is probably his own sexuality, and I guess just sexuality as a whole is probably the most persistent uh, topic, I'd say, throughout all of his his music, um, but yeah, he has, um, I believe it's, 
five albums. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, so five albums. So Learning, which was his 2010 debut. Put Your Back Into It, which he put out in 2012. Too Bright in 2014. In No Shape in 2017. And finally, Set My Heart on Fire Immediately in 2020. So I think this one came out in in May, mid-May. Um, so I had really only... Like I said, I found out about him through Set My Heart on Fire immediately, but I've also worked through No Shape a lot, and that's another album I enjoy. But the first three albums of his were ones that I never really dove into. Um, I definitely liked a lot of the stuff I I heard on Set My Heart on Fire immediately, but there were some things I also just kind of really didn't like. Uh, No Shape, I think, is a little bit more consistent of a project for me. Set My Heart on Fire immediately feels kind of messy sometimes. No Shape is a project that I enjoy listening all the way through, and and when I had first listened to his new album, um, I was like, well, let me, he's got quite a few albums here. Let me listen to all some older stuff. And I clicked into No Shape and uh, Slip Away came on, which was a song that I was familiar with, but had no idea it was him. Um, Book Smart uh, was the movie that I first heard Slip Away in. It's a movie I love. In fact, uh, on this, uh, on, on my YouTube channel, I, I made a video on Book Smart. It was a, a review in passing where I quick like talked about my thoughts on it. And one of my favorite scenes in that movie, I guess spoilers, if uh, you haven't seen it, uh, maybe just skip ahead a little bit. But Booksmart's kind of like, um, uh, a lot of people compare it to Superbad, but in my, you know, the video I made and I talked about how it is very much its own thing and it should be treated as such. But the the common distinction in the in the thread people, you know, kind of attach it to is, is, is a bit of a female Superbad. It's two girls that are about to go to college and they realized they never really wanted, they never really partied before, so they wanted to party. But whatever. Uh, one of the girls never really, you know, kind of lets go. She has trouble letting loose, relaxing, or just having a little bit of fun. And there's a scene where they're at this party, and it's the pool scene where she jumps in the pool. And this is the song that plays as she's swimming through the pool and finally like, letting loose for the first time. It's an amazing scene. It's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie, um, at least in terms of, like, emotional impact. And this song is from it, and I had no idea he sang it. So I... I once I knew that, I was like, oh, I love that song. And I, I you know, it, it kind of pulled me in a little bit more. Um, but yeah, let's talk about specifically some closing tracks here. So the songs that I'm about to discuss, just so maybe if you want to go listen before I talk about these, so you kind of know what I'm talking about, or if you just want to listen along. Um, I'm going to be talking about Never Did and Divine Faxes off of Learning. I'll discuss that in a second. Um, sister Song off of Put Your Back Into It, All Along, off of Too Bright, Alan, off of No Shape, and Borrowed Light, off of Set My Heart on Fire Immediately. So let's jump right in with with Learning, which was, like I said, his 2010 debut. So there's two songs here, um, and I think that might be, at least so far, that's a first for this podcast where I've talked about two songs off of one album, Um, and there's a reason for that. So when I hop onto Spotify and I, I clicked this album, I immediately went, okay, Divine Facts, this is the closing track. This is the one I need to listen to. And I was listening through it, and there was not a single word spoken. It's all instrumental. Um, it's very pretty. It's a pretty instrumental, but I was like, okay, this is an interesting closer. And I went to check like you know, the song right before it, so I was like, oh, I just, I'm just kind of curious. Maybe that one has, I'm like, that one doesn't really have vocals either. And I don't, I think I went on Wikipedia or somewhere else and I noticed that Divine Facts is Your Drum and Dream, which are like the last three tracks in the album, are all bonus tracks. 
the technical final track is Never Did. So I kind of wanted to talk about both of these because in my eyes, um, and I intend to, I, I want to have a, an episode fairly soon on the 1975, and there's a, uh, this is a similar conversation I'm going to have there with their deluxe version of their self-titled. But I think then you kind of have to treat these as two separate albums, the album with the bonus tracks and the album without. So without, like I said, the closing track is Never Did, and with, it's Divine Faxes. Divine Faxes, I don't have all that much to say. It's a very pretty, um, melodic, instrumental closer. There are, isn't a whole lot of discussion to be had about that. So I, I enjoy it, and I think it does an okay job as a, as a closing track, but I personally like, I would have liked some vocals in there to kind of hit a little bit harder. Um, Never Did, on the other hand, does have vocals, but very little. And, um, you know, speaking on um, closing tracks that have a theme. Like, for example, with with Brockhampton, you know, I said that all the closing tracks are more, like, ballady. Um, and uh, RKS, there's less of a theme. There is a theme here between these closing tracks. Um, for me, it is length and not in length of the songs but length of the lyrics so pretty much all of these there is very little spoken which is interesting because a lot of his tracks are uh, very lyrically dense he has a lot to say but some of these tracks are very minimalist they're simplistic speaking specifically on never did jumping into the lyrical analysis here there's only like you know four verses here it starts with it's all part of his plan it's all in his hands but I never asked for it, but I never did. It's all part of his plan. It's all in his hands, in the basement, in it. So that's it. That's uh, Lyrically, that's all that's there. Um, this song, um, you know, the Genius Annotation points this out here, but I think it's pretty clear just based on the, in the, it's all part of his plan. It's all in his hands. It's about God or at least a higher being, you know, his own beliefs, religion, Um but then, the, but I never asked for it, but I never did, seems to almost be rejecting whatever this belief he has or might have had. So, you know, this person wrote that Mike rejects comfort, the first two lines seem to offer, instead grieving the challenges he has faced in life despite their supposed role in a God's plan. Um, and I think, you know, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more going into some of the future tracks, but especially talking about the theme of sexuality throughout all of his tracks on here. If he is speaking of, you know, like a, a Christian, a Catholic God or whatever like that, it, it, you know, I'm assuming he's probably talking about, you know, persecution in that, in that vein from maybe feeling rejected or uh, hurt by, by the church, which, you know, makes sense. Um, and then it repeats the first line of it's all part of his plan. It's all in his hands. And then it ends with in the basement in it. And, I kind of took this very literally, um, but somebody wrote, in the final lines, the aloof concept of God character is brought much closer to home, and Mike narrows the scope on his role in his plan into a specific act of violence, grounding the narrative in the basement. Um, I think this is very moving from like a simplistic standpoint. And I, I think that is how I feel about a lot of these closing tracks from Mike. I think at first especially when talking about divine facts is where I was like, there's no lyrics. I, I, I want something here. I want a little bit more substance. Um, 
I think what Mike does with the few words he uses in these tracks is a lot more impactful. Uh, it hits a lot harder than, um, you know, maybe a, a song that is just kind of spitting at you like crazy, really fast lyrics. I like the the power of just the few that he uses. And, and he tells a full-on story and a full-on message, a full-on feeling about religion and, and his almost rejection of of that religion just based on how it's treated him or how he's just gone through life as a whole. So, yeah, I think this is a really good, impactful um, closing track. Um, going into Sister Song, um, this is off of Put Your Back Into It. Um, this one's a little bit more, got a little bit more to say. Uh, it's a little repetitive, but it does have, uh, you know, more lyrics, I suppose. Um, so the, the, the opening lyric is, drive on, drive on, my special one. Don't you stop till you know you're gone. Your sister and me have a set of keys. Don't you worry your head about a thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I, the the drive on here, uh, I'm assuming, is, you know, the more... Uh, it's pretty literal in that just keep going. Um, and someone here wrote in the annotation that the singer could be telling his special one, lover, or best friend to use his car and leave. It is unclear what he is leaving behind, perhaps struggles and heartache. This automotive theme is reiterated in the next line referring to set of keys. The singer reassures his friend not to worry about anything but getting out. Um, So I do, to some extent, agree with that. However, I do think in the title of Sister Song, he could be specifically speaking to a sibling. I don't know if he has an actual sister. Um, Whether the sister is telling him to drive on or he is telling her to drive on whatever that may be, this person kind of wrote that they thought this was about a significant other, which is possible. Um, but pr- pretty much just repeats that line, the drive on, drive on my special one, don't you stop till you know you're gone, throughout the whole thing. Um, your sister and me will keep your place clean. Oh, I guess I missed the fact that it does say sister. So maybe it isn't speaking to a sister. Um, it's just saying the sister will help in that. But it says, again, the singer urges his special one to keep moving, not to look back, reassuring him or her that they will be there when he finally decides to come home. So, yeah, I miss the fact that it does say, your sister and me have a set of keys. And then that second verse, your sister and me will keep your place clean. So, no, I I, I actually backtrack and I agree with the, the genius annotation that it probably is talking to a significant other. Um, this is another good closing track. I don't think it's nearly, at least for me, as impactful as the last track as um never did i think never did just like with the few words it uses it 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 tells a pretty strong message and hits pretty hard at least for me um but i do think it's still impactful in what it's trying to do next closing track i had uh off of too bright was all along so here we have uh let's jump into the lyrical analysis here so um the opening verse here is what drives me to my man earthly or divine or otherwise is no business of mine. So this for me, while it might not be the first song, because obviously there's a lot more on both of these albums in terms of closing tracks of the, you know, the five or whatever, however many I, I six, I guess I wanted to talk about today. This is the first track to like explicitly talk about, um, his sexuality and, and, and um, how he feels towards uh, a significant other, which in the next track I'm going to talk about it is even, you know, it gets more, Hey, here's my person. But um, you know, the, the genius annotation writes that Mike is stating that his love for someone isn't a result of an endless search for a reciprocated feeling or interest, 
but that it instead just naturally happens. It's no business of his to know it attracts him to other men because he doesn't care. He knows his love is genuine, not fabricated. Um, the next verse is, you wasted my time, you wasted my time. Deep down, I never did feel right. Even now, sometimes, that feeling is a lie. Um, and I think that it's worth mentioning, too, for, you know, the last couple of tracks as well as this one. It read aloud just by me. I think these lyrics still serve the purpose that they intend to. But even on a, another much, you know, deeper level, his vocals change the entire impact of these these songs so like for example on all along you know i'm just gonna pull up a bit of a, a snippet here for the that opening of Like, it's it's just such a harder hitting version. Like like I said, I can I can read these. You know, even going back to, that's why sometimes it is hard to convey some of the emotion in some of these songs, especially because these are so intense. These um, some of these lyrics, some of these themes that Mike is trying to get across. It's hard for me to just convey them by reading. I'm just you know saying how I personally feel about these songs, but like in the instance of never did, you know, here's that opening verse of kind of what I was trying to say I think at the beginning when I was talking about him as a vocalist I just because I think he is so unique and his voice stands out to me so much more than really any other vocalist right now it, it is just so unique uh, I don't think anybody else is really singing quite like him right now um, and that could just be me that thinks that but I, I really can't think of anybody else that sounds quite like the way he does um, but continuing with uh, all along um, the line of deep down, I never did feel right. Even now, sometimes that feeling is a lie. Um, in the annotation here, like I said, these are all unreviewed. I think I said this in the RKS video, you know, take these with a grain of salt, but I do think these people usually get to the core, especially if the, um, you know, all art, all music is, it's subjective. It's, it's up to interpretation. So this might not necessarily be the specific intention Mike had, but I don't think he would disagree with it because, you can interpret it any way you want. But they wrote, because of all the negativity Mike encountered growing up for being gay, and even people not believing it to be true, saying it's just a phase, Mike has started to question his own sexuality. But when he comes to his senses, he knows he never really doubted his sexuality. It was just the negativity and unwillingness of the people around him that caused him to even contemplate whether he was really gay. Yeah, this one, um, I feel like you can, I, I hear some of the, th 
similar themes to Never Did because both of those are talking about, you know, kind of hardships um, based around sexuality and feeling rejected, feeling uh, not wanted within just his own circle, his own maybe family, friends, anybody around him. Um, The next line, you wasted my time, you wasted my time. A heart-long desperate O just for a little bit. A heart-long desperate O for something I had all along. I don't need your love. I don't need your love. I don't need you to understand. I need you to listen. And like, damn, that <laughs> that last line of I need you, you know, the I don't need you to understand, I just need you to listen is I think regardless of whether or not you can relate to a lot of the pains or complications that Mike is discussing when it comes to dealing with his own sexuality I think anybody can relate to that line of I don't need you to understand I just need you to listen um you know what whatever you're going through right now and if um you know if you're if you're trying to just you just need somebody to hear you I I think anybody can empathize with that message and the you know the annotation of Mike is responding to the people who don't understand him by being gay he doesn't have time for the I love you but or the I just don't understand how he just wants people to actually listen to what he's telling them and accept them for who he really is um i i know this is kind of a weird i, I suppose connection to make but i remember i think it was recently i saw something on maybe it was twitter or tiktok or it could have been both like it was a tiktok that somebody tweeted but it was talking it was like some girl some uh, you know, con- conservative girl who was speaking about, I don't know, like politics about like, oh, everybody persecutes me for blah, blah, blah. But she was like, um, like, I have gay friends. I just don't support them or I don't just accept them or something like that. And, and people are like, how do you how can you possibly have a friend that is gay and then not accept them or not support them? They're not your friend then. They're if anything, a token for you to use to say that you have friends that are gay. Um, and I just think that, uh, that empathizes or that relates to the specific message that he's trying to convey at the at the end of the song. But yeah, another great, solid ending. I think that I think that Mike really does know how to make a closing track. You know, I I have a long list of artists that, you know, I intend to talk about, people I want to talk about, regardless of whether or not I think they have closing tracks or if I just like them as artists. And Mike was one that was still pretty new to me. And and these first three tracks that I've talked about so far were songs that I was not entirely familiar with. So I didn't go into this going, oh, Perfume Genius, he's got great closing tracks. This will be a good episode for me. Um, But as I, you know, as I read these, as I listen to these to prepare for this episode, I'm like, God, he knows how to write a damn good closing track like if i were to do <laughs> like at the near the end of the year for this or whatever if i was gonna do an award show for like best closing tracks or whatever so far like again it's only episode three or whatever but he is a heavy contender it's just he knows how to not only close out an album but just close out a track like there's just the power in those those words that and, and just his vocals alone i, I you know i kind of want to pull up that specifically the ending of of all along um that that last verse there. I want to see if I can find it.
Yeah. Um, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's really just a powerful ending. Also, just his instrumentals across the board. There's a heavy focus on piano. Obviously, there's other instrumentation that is that he's used throughout his songs, but um, it's just always very simplistic, but not in a way that I think, oh, that's far too simple, in a way that I think just correctly balances what the song and his own messaging is trying to convey. But yeah, another great closing track. Now on to Alan, uh, which is the closing track closing track off of No Shape. So I said on the last song that this was like, I think the first explicit, like, hey, talking about Mike talking about his own sexuality. So this one is specifically talking about his own partner. So uh, Alan is, I believe from what I, uh, from what, what I understand is a member of Perfume Genius. I, I think so. Um, you know, on Genius here, it writes that Alan Weifels is Mike Hadrius' uh, Hadrius's boyfriend of eight years. He's a classically trained musician and has toured with Hadrius and consulted him about his music. So essentially, he is a member of Perfume Genius as, I guess, a band, even though Perfume Genius is more of an alias to me than a band, but he's a member. Um, and this song specifically takes, speaks to him. I don't know if they're still together. I don't know when that annotation was written. I'm assuming. So if we're, if we're speaking from that, then yeah. Um, but the first verse here is, did you notice we sleep through the night? Did you notice, babe, everything is all right? Yeah, and it's kind of alluding to here that without Alan, Mike doesn't sleep well. That having him there is uh, a point of comfort, something that helps him to sleep. So in the chorus, you need me, rest easy, I'm here, how weird. And so, you know, talking about the genius annotation here, and this is one that actually comes from a interview i guess on the fader um so specifically the annotation is mike has stated many times that due to his prior drug addictions he has had problems getting in a relationship alan was his first actual relationship here he is stating how weird it is for him to actually have something a relationship after so much struggle so yeah i mean that speaks for itself there and then verse two is thought i'd hide maybe leave something secret behind never thought i'd sing outside so the annotation here is, you know, Mike was expecting himself to not go full into this relationship by not telling the truth all the time and therefore play a self-destructive role in this new relationship. Instead of these expectations, he got the complete opposite. He found someone he feels com completely comfortable, appreciated, and loved with. Someone who listens and understands everything Mike has to tell him. It got Mike the happiness he was looking for, making him sing outside, probably on the street, not giving a fuck what other people think. <laughs> I like that annotation. Um, but, yeah, and then the chorus is, you need me, rest easy, I'm here, how weird, and that's how it ends. In terms of, like, you know, the hard-hitting nature, the powerful closing track of what I thought the first three tracks had to offer, or at least uh, the first and the third, this song, um, I don't think it hits as hard, but I do think it is, Mike, it, I guess his happiest, at least for me. I think all along, Sister Song and Never Did, um, you know, feel a little sad, a little like fighting demons, dealing with hardships. This song is, uh, you know, kind of Mike saying I, I, he, that he's in a better place, that he is happier with Alan. And I, I don't know the full message of, of this album as a whole. And maybe that the whole album kind of speaks to that. But specifically, this track for sure does. And um, when you listen to these tracks back to back, it's almost like you're watching uh, his his journey a little bit, specifically these five or six, I suppose. Keep forgetting about Divine Faxes. I don't know how to include it. I just felt like I should because it technically closes the first one. Um, 
you kind of see the transition his of going from you know what he's had to deal with to where he's at now um and it's you know it's it's heartwarming it it makes me (laughs) you know happy for him uh yeah this is another great track i will say in terms of like a hard like of like a feeling a sense of closure it does feel really right like it's like hey here's me closing this out closing this album out closing i guess this chapter out even a little bit it's really great um so yeah it's another great one it it has a different impact as the first three i think the first three are a little bit like stronger in their heavy messaging but i i think this one just feels warm and like hey i've i've kind of made it I, i feel more comfortable and now we have borrowed light off of set my heart on fire immediately okay so here here's where i'm gonna have to be a little bit honest i don't really like this song I'll still judge it as like a closing track because I think that's important to do and I that's the whole point of the show and I think I can still do that without bringing in my own personal biases. But let's talk about this track. So Borrowed Light, like I said, is off of Set My Heart on Fire Immediately, which is my, was my first introduction to Perfume Genius as an artist. I enjoy this album quite a bit. Like I said, it's a little bit messy, messier than No Shape, which is to me a great cohesive project. But I still enjoy a lot of tracks on here. On uh, on the floor, as well as uh, like describe and without you. Like, there's some really great tracks on here. I think this album's pretty solid. Borrowed Light was of this batch of closing tracks. The first one I heard because I listened to this album, you know, before I even had the idea for this podcast. So I wasn't listening to, but I've always had a passion for closing tracks, and and so I'm like, okay, well, let's see how they close it. How he closes this thing out, and I just I was not crazy about it lyrically and i'm going to talk about this in a second i think there's a lot of really good stuff here but i think vocally and even the instrumentation just don't work for me they don't click i don't know what it is it just does not land for me but let's talk a little bit about this because this is you know we have a uh, an annotation here that was you know actually a part of an interview i believe but mike has described borrowed light as the saddest song he's ever written and there's a quote here from him where he said, to me, this is the saddest song I've ever made. I've been talking this whole time about this magic and spiritual thing that I tap into when I'm creating, but then part of me is like, what if that's just all made up? What if the only thing that's happening is just shit? That idea is really heartbreaking to me, but in that resignation, there's a peacefulness sometimes too. It's all just happening, and that's okay. And if my soul is just going to stop when I die, then that heightens everything that is around now. So... I'm going to talk about this just as a track, you know, not as uh, specifically as a closing track and how it compares to the other tracks I've discussed. So one of the first ones off of his his debut, like we said, was or like I said, was um, Never Did, which had religious messaging speaking about God. And the first line here is no God, not this time, no satellite. Just be here, Jamie. Just let that old thing die. I'm going to read the rest of this song before I really talk about it. No sun hangs outside. Just borrowed light. Now match my breathing. Now rest your hand in mine. I thought the sea would make some pattern known and swim us safely home. But there's no secret, just an undertow. So like I said, lyrically, I think this song is kind of exceptional. I think it's really great. I think what it's trying to say is is strong. It's interesting. You know, what have you. I think that's great. And and reading this too, because sometimes when you're listening to his songs, um, because of the way he sings, because of his his vocalization, it can be kind of hard to tell 
what he's saying. So reading this definitely helps, and I do love the message here. But like I said, I just don't think a lot of the stuff lands for me. And part of that could be, um, you know, certain songs take longer to click for me. There are some songs that on first listen, you know, there's a lot of people that once they listen to a song, their judgment is entirely based on that first listen. For me, um, it takes some time to get used to it. And I and I am still working through a lot of parts of this album because, I, like I said, I think it's a little messy and disjointed. Um so it can be kind of hard to work through it, but I think there's a lot of gold within it. I think it is a really solid project. I think just what Mike said about how this is the saddest song he's ever made and, and how he described his meaning in these lyrics really does click it in with the other three um, prior to Alan. I think that all of those are very sad. I think they work together as a cohesive... I mean, all of the songs are slow somber even a little bit sad in tone alan just kind of stands out as a little bit like i said a little bit warmer a little bit more cozy but the rest of these tracks really all do click together and it's weird because like i said i felt like it was a journey a progression to get to alan and when he got to that song and when he sings that song it really feels like hey i'm home like i'm i've made it here so this is like backpedaling a little bit for me um which is fine uh especially with some of the themes within this this album this project it, it does still work for me um it is just a little odd when you listen to them back to back because it's like you have these you know this progression to alan and then it's alan's like yes we're home and then it's like oh let's dip back down into borrowed light um but i still do think it works really well as a closing track i just don't think as a singular song for me it clicks quite well but yeah that's that's what i have for um perfume genius's discography uh, like I said, I think he has, he knows how to make closing tracks. Like these are insanely great. Just kind of like what I said with Arceus in the last episode, um, Perfume Genius might not be on your radar. It might be not one you know, one you've heard of. So I, I would suggest that you check him out, check Mike out. Um, his music is really great. It's really emotionally resonant. I think it could click with a lot of different people and, and you know, maybe help you work through some things that you might be dealing with. Uh, and I think he really knows how to write closing tracks. And he is, like I said, one of the most unique vocalists right now. He truly is um, not like anybody else. Uh, but I guess if I'm talking about these, ranking them as closing tracks, um, I'm still trying to decide how I want to do this, if I want to do like rankings for everyone. But um, personally for me, uh, Alan is just... I think it's like a closing track even within closing tracks. Like it closes out all the closing tracks. So I really love it. Uh, it felt weird to backpedal with Borrowed Light though. Um, but yeah, I think Alan's probably, you know, one of the best closing tracks that I heard today. Um, but yeah, so that was Perfume Genius. Definitely check him out. Give him a try. I think that he has something for kind of everybody. Um, he's definitely one of the most unique vocalists right now. So yeah. Let's kind of get into the what am I listening to because this is the first thing I'm recording today so I can kind of talk about it. But the things I'm listening to right now, uh, building up to this, I listen to a whole lot of Perfume Genius. I've been listening to a lot of other um, stuff that I'm prepping for specific episodes, uh, like specific artists that I want to talk about. Nothing all that 
unique though because i've mainly just been prepping i've been listening to like a lot of perfume genius in preparation for this episode a lot more hamilton still deciding if i want to do a hamilton thing because i've been addicted ever since i watched it on um disney plus but there's a couple albums that i am looking forward to that i will definitely have a lot to say about and that kind of goes into what i said at the beginning about hey wait till the end because i got some stuff to say i know this is not the end i still have a lot to say but um so these episodes god willing if i get stuff done in time come out on friday mornings um and they're basically you know about specific artists and their discographies but my only real opportunity to talk about new music new albums or, or even artists that don't have large enough discographies to discuss is really in my what am i listening to um and even that doesn't always work because some stuff could be way older and i i just haven't been able to talk about it so Saturdays, days after the normal episodes come out, every once in a while, I will kind of do some bonus episodes. Um, and those will be like full track or full new album discussions. So when a new album comes out and it's one that I really want to listen to, I will kind of like live listen to it and do full podcast episodes where I listen and talk about them. And you can kind of listen along. So like, I'll be like, Hey, here's the, now we're going to talk about this track take this time to listen to it let's hop in let's talk about it um it won't be like you know i'm not going to play the full tracks on there for copyright reasons but it'll be there to talk about um i've got a couple that i'm thinking about right now for example the um the new i can't remember the title of the album the new I, it's the new 100 gex kind of album because 1000 gex was 100 gex debut um and it was one that i uh, an album that I enjoyed quite a bit, but it was last year, and I, they only, it's only their debut, so I haven't been able to really talk about their discography. But they put out 1,000 Gex and the Tree of Clues, which is like kind of a companion piece to the original album. And so I was like, well, how can I talk about this? So my thing would be I'd sit here, kind of listen to it for the first time, and give my thoughts right then, and then even you know talk about what the closing track is in real time. So these would be bonus episodes. They'd probably be even longer than normal episodes. I'm trying to decide if I want to like how I title them or anything just like bonus full whatever but yeah and then another one I want to talk about is the upcoming Oliver Tree uh, debut I believe it's called Ugly is Beautiful Oliver Tree is another artist who this will be his debut album so it would definitely be my only chance to talk about it I like him a lot um, but I I think he had problems with like his label so he was only really putting out EPs that had the same tracks and I have a lot to say about this album because I looked at the track list and like I swear half of it are songs I already know um, songs I like, but songs that have been on like three or four different of his EPs. So I have a lot to say about that. So yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know when this will come out. Um, so I can't really say, give me feedback on what you think about a new thing because I think it'll already be made and coming out. But yeah, so it would probably be like the day after and they'd be bonus episodes, but they'd be like coming out along with it. So yeah, it's just something that I'm workshopping and I'm probably going to record at least one, maybe two of those today. Cause like I said, I'm bulk recording a bunch of stuff today. Cause I got a lot of new stuff on the horizon, but yeah. So I changed my mind. And so these bonus episodes I was talking about will not be going up on like the normal podcast apps. They'll be going up on my Patreon. So, I'm going to link that in all the descriptions of either existing ones or upcoming videos. And so if you want to get any of those bonus, like full album breakdowns, you can go to our Patreon. Um, 
and it's just going to be an extra bonus for you if you join up there. So yeah, it's a little bit different, um, but it was just a decision I came to while making all these videos, so check it out there. Anyway, back in. Um, I kind of ran into some roadblocks with scheduling with certain people to come on. Just people are busy, have different things going on, so it could be kind of hard to have guests for a little while. Uh, but down the road, my, you know, quite a ways into this podcast, I'm hoping to have a co-host. We'll see how that, you know, if she is interested or not in uh, in coming along with me. But that that could be fun to change the uh, hopefully switch up the dynamic a little bit um but yeah i got a lot of a lot of good stuff coming so make sure to tune in and, and check out what's coming so yeah uh check out all the socials um twitter instagram facebook they're all linked um i think in the description and linked to one another if you're watching this or listening to this on youtube um subscribe like leave a comment whatever be on the lookout for more content down the road i'm just trying to get this running before i get to that if you're a you know a original fan of the channel be patient, please. I'm working on some stuff. Um, if you're listening to this on any uh, podcast app, you know, leave a review. Um, make sure to be on the lookout for new stuff uh, and check out the YouTube channel and vice versa. If you're on YouTube channel and you're like, man, I'm about to go for like a drive or I have some stuff to do. So I can't really like have this on YouTube. Just like go on a listening app or just leave it on YouTube, whatever you want to do, but make sure to check out both. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I have today. Uh, make sure to check out Perfume Genius. He's great. Got a lot of good stuff. Uh, his new album, Set My Heart on Fire Immediately, just came out May 2020. Definitely check out that full project. It's really great. So, yeah, this has been a brand new episode of The Closing Track. Thank you so much, and goodbye. <laughs>